Radio Primavera Sound, powered by SEAT. Hello and very much welcome to the Weekly Review, the show where two grown men and a young master of digital finesse try to make sense of a modern world in which even TV is failing us. Johan will be back next week. That is all confirmed. Uh, then we really will be two grown men. Uh, but Marvi is here right now and she is even more hyped than the hype house. Yeah, that's a strong statement, but it is true. I confirm. I had a coffee about 20 <laughs> minutes ago, so there's going to be lots of strong statements and opinions, all right? Uh, and behind the boards, we have our own war against failure. It's Andre, how are you doing? He's good. He can't say anything. He's very happy. Uh, right, and we are going to start off today with Gaspar Auger with Force Majeure. Yes, that is Gaspar Auger, half of Justice, uh, with his excellent single Force Majeure. Uh, and we're listening to that not just because it's given us loads and loads of energy, but because we have our very own COVID-induced Force Majeure this week. Uh, television has run out. Television is dead. Um, it is. Breaking news. Television <laughs> has died. <laughs> if you were thinking of watching television, well, bad, bad, bad news, because yep. there isn't any. Nope. Now, I know this just sounds like me complaining, right? And partially it is, because I was looking for something to watch like last week and it was all absolute rubbish, despite the fact I subscribed to forty no, three TV streaming services. Um, and also, of course, have, have normal TV. But there is actual facts to back this up. Netflix announced this week that subscriber growth had slowed in the first quarter of the year due, and I quote, to the big COVID-19 pull forward in 2020 and a lighter content slate in the first half of this year due to COVID-19 production delays mm -hmm. that sounds like an excuse <laughs> well it I, I guess it kind of but it, what else other than subscriptions would go up when people are stuck at home like it it, it seems like even if there's no new content there is content so you would want to subscribe but maybe television has died and you don't want to subscribe yet. well i think that's what happened like at the start they had really really good figures because everyone's like oh my god Please let me do something. Can mm -hmm. I watch? Can I watch Netflix? Um, and but the the past few months have seen like well, yeah. production's been down, so there's been no new things. I mean, I'm it, I'm not sure how representative uh, I am of the wider world, but my <laughs> wife said should the other week should we cancel our Netflix subscription at least for a bit? Yeah, um, it, it makes sense. There's like nothing. Like I agree with your wife. I I wanna cancel my Netflix subscription as well because I've, I feel like it's been such a long time since I, I've been excited about a show coming out or something on the platform and, and I just go in there and, and nothing excites me anymore and I it's not that I have super high standards I, I will watch anything but <laughs> I feel like there's nothing even when you want to watch anything I mean the last thing I think I was trying to think of the last thing that really excited me uh, was Behind Her Eyes which we talked about mm -hmm. that was brilliant sure. why, why not a bit more of that well I don't know if they really can do any more of that but um, oh, okay so now has it really run out 
or will we just do spoiled? I was, I was wondering about this. And is this just our problem? Because, you know, we've grown so used to having like loads and loads of really good TV, or has it actually run out? I feel like it has. Maybe there will be like a renaissance or something of the TV. But as for now, I'm quite sure, at least as we know it and understood TV, it has ended. And, and, and I have a few things to back up my theory. All right, go on. Let's, hear, let's hear it. Are they stats or are they filthy opinions? Um, both. <laughs> nice. All right. <laughs> I always come with both. Um, but this week, Netflix announced a reality TV show. Like it's not like they have nothing because that that kind of would be impossible and it would be bankruptcy. But they have things. The only thing is they're horrible. And they <laughs> announced um, a new reality TV show um, centered around the hype house. Which it what's the hype house? Okay. Ob- obviously, I know, but uh, you know. Oh, y- did you know? I read something once about the okay. hype house and about basically installing people there, and it was uh, a really, really interesting article, basically. <laughs> uh, and but yeah, you 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 know better than me. Um, well, actually, maybe we know kind of the same. But the hype house is basically a group of teenagers who are very popular on t- on TikTok, and they live together. In, in a mansion, mansion in LA, so typical teenage life, you know, you, you live with your best friends in a mansion and all, real. everything you do all day is TikToks. And for example, maybe if, if someone can be familiar with um, some of these people, there's um, Charlie D'Amelio, um, was on the, on the Hype Hubs, who is the most followed person on TikTok, and she's maybe 16. And her sister, Dixie D'Amelio, also came from the Hype House. Also, Addison Rae um, was, came, first came to fame through the Hype House or, or gained lots of followers through the Hype House. So um, this is the ones that maybe, the names that maybe sound familiar to some people, because these are the most famous people on the Hype House. Um, if they don't sound familiar, mm. then where have you been? <laughs> yeah. it's 20, 20. But like, hang on, what, did they just decide to get together, or did TikTok go right? We'll stick you in this house. No, TikTok didn't. But I think some older guy was like, okay, let's get all these teenagers that have millions of followers together on this mm, mansion, and I will manage all of them. So it was like a puppetry thing with all his new puppets with lots of followers, and and he can just make them. Like he's kind of the manager, I think. Right. But I don't know. I the thing is that these three girls that I said that are the most famous people are not actually on the, on the reality TV show, um, that's gonna air on Netflix. So, um, because they have gone their independent ways, they have become so big that they don't need to be on the hype house anymore. So, for example, the D'Amelios have their own reality TV show on another platform, Hulu. And Addison Rae has actually been adopted by the Kardashian clan and is now re-emerging as a pop singer. Have you seen the D'Amelio show on Hulu? I know we don't really have Hulu in Spain. but I have seen, um, I don't know if it's only clips or I don't know what it is, on of the their show on YouTube and it's so boring. Like these people are just a normal family from Minnesota or whatever. And and, and they're just a boring family. I, I they have lots of followers on TikTok, but that doesn't mean you can have a whole reality TV show on Well that's the problem, isn't it? Like uh, TikTok's kind of yourself distilled down and you can think about it. But mm-hmm. like maybe you're just not that interesting yeah so, i mean I, I say that i'm not that interesting you know but like and you don't have a reality tv show so that's no not no like... that, that really that really would be dull <laughs> um and and so 
I, I tell you what, what gets me about about this a little bit, right? Is I kind of like the idea of them all going and li- living together in the Hollywood Hills, but I I like the idea of them doing it just because it'd be nice and it'd be fun. But just I'm so sure, like the word synergy. Can you imagine that meeting? Like how often the word synergy came <laughs> up? It was just like, oh my god, yeah. this is synergistic synergy. Yeah. Like all, which... I, I'm not even sure that you like. I'm not gonna play the damn teenagers card, but. I'm I'm not even sure they use that word. Like, I, maybe the manager uses that word a lot, but I don't know if the creators are familiar with the word. I find right that quite in the things I've read that a lot of these uh, TikTok stars are quite knowing about these kind of things. Yeah, that, they know lots of social media, like, and they know how to play their cards. So that surely the word synergy is popped up. <laughs> okay, okay, yeah, cross platform, you know. <laughs> So let's let's go back to the hype house reality thing, because like I said, these these girls are are not featured on on the reality. So who is gonna be there if the most famous persons on the house are, is not on the reality? And I'm not quite sure how to answer the question because I don't know who anybody is in the cast of the reality TV show of the hype house. But at the same time, I'm maybe not the target for the hype house. And the thing is, they do have millions of followers, each one of them. So somebody knows who they are. So they they have that. So maybe I don't, but there's people that do. And that's the important thing. But hang on, are the others still living in the house? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, how's that going to work? So like the- they go down and get there some milk in the morning. They're like, no, I can't film that. <laughs> they, there's people that once you get too famous, you leave the house and then they will get new people on the house and that's what it's happening now and they're i think they are actually living there like in the mansion it's not like they will go like i'm going to the office to work no it's it's their actual house at least that's what the reality will be about because if they don't actually live there it will be very very boring but we'll see um despite the the huge following they have because I'm not exaggerating when I say they all have millions of followers. One of them has like 13 million on on TikTok at least. Um, when the news came out of that Netflix was gonna go with this reality TV show, the responses were everything but positive. So it it's kind of um, surprising because you would think that if they have this many followers, people would be happy about it. Well, no one is happy about it. Everybody <laughs> hates it. Nobody wants this reality TV show. Like Twitter and TikTok users were so angry that one of them said, "Why are you giving these irresponsible TikTokers a, a series? No one asked for this. Literally." All of them don't care about the pandemic, uh, the pandemic, and half of them are racist and homophobic. So. See that that, that <laughs> just seems a bit harsh. I mean, people are can- cancelling their. Well, there there are news stories saying people are cancelling their mm-hmm. subscriptions, and I was looking at them today, and there are certainly tweets of people cancelling their subscriptions. But I'm I'm not sure how their Netflix subscriptions. I'm not sure how widespread this really is. Have you seen like is are people really pushing back? Yeah, I think there's like a. I don't know if it's huge, but there's a campaign trying to boycott Netflix because of the this news that they're going to to take on this reality TV show on the hype the hype house. So um, maybe it's not a, a widespread thing, but I've seen lots of people talk about it, and and they they are really cancelling their subscription. So it's something to look out for. So there's a genuine backlash. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's and. 
actually I saw someone um, point out that the stocks on on Netflix massively dropped and they said it was um, because of this announcement which kind of makes sense because if people are so against it um, it makes sense that it has an impact on on the stocks on Netflix but then a member of the actual hype house went on Twitter and said If, uh, if you actually look at their stocks via Google search, you'll see they dropped when they didn't meet their quarterly earnings, which is, I think, what you were saying on the beginning. Yes. But, um, however, the coincidence is there, and it's remarkable to say something because uh, maybe it was because of the earnings, but it was the same day they announced uh, this new reality TV show. So it's a, a surprising coincidence. So hang on, this televisual gold is going to involve somebody going on TikTok, talking about the show and talking about stock prices falling. <laughs> no. Is that how I would, it's I would actually love that. But I think it's just a plain scripted reality TV show that it's going to be full of drama and fake acting. Like I I exactly know what the product is going to be and I know that I'm going to hate it. But um, it's, it's I, I think Netflix did, wasn't taken aback by the backlash or, or anything. I think they exactly knew that this was going to happen. Like, they, they were looking for this. And uh, when they decided to pick up a reality sh um, TV show on, on the Hype House. And there's two reasons why I think um, they decided to go with this... Um, show that feels like everybody already hates and it hasn't even started and and that I know for sure people will feel offended once it airs but they they have um reasons to pick it up because they, they have to stay relevant because like we said it feels like yeah, there's fair enough. nothing on Netflix there's nothing that wants you to keep the subscription so on the one hand because I have two reasons why I feel like I'm doing an essay now <laughs> on the one hand um, Netflix apparently cancels shows that were doing good um, and instead produces stuff that nobody seems to want because one of the things people were complaining about is why is my favorite show cancelled after its first season but then you um, pick up and produce stuff that everybody seems angry about and and that's what people got mm, very mad at, at this de decision that Netflix did but the thing is like I said they they do this um, because they um, in order to um, to make a profit um, um, on, on econo economically speaking um, it they only make it when they get new subscribers so they don't really care about the people already subscribed but gaining new audiences. So to do that, um, they don't really care about making second seasons because this will only keep your al already existing subscribers. And like we said, this is not the main um, point they care about. Um, so you have to create new stuff all the time um, So and exclusive original content so people will subscribe to your platform, Netflix in this case. And that explains why they picked up the Hype House reality TV show. But hang on, I don't think Netflix makes money anyway, doesn't it? It doesn't have a massive, massive debt. That's, well, to cover the debt, yeah, you have to, yeah. <laughs> to make some money. And actually, it, apparently they, the way they make more money and, and the way um, their profit goes up is when they get new subscribers, not by the original already subscribed people. Because this, they, I don't know why, but it, it, that's the thing. Um, so it makes sense. They would cancel shows people already love and create new ones, even though they know everybody's going to hate them or they're not going to be good because you will get new people. 
Can I can I just say I've been looking at uh, a list of uh, some of the shows cancelled by Netflix after one series, and it's just mm-hmm. like, oh my god, there's some real trash there. <laughs> girl boss, have you had a girl boss? Yeah, it's, it's, you like girl boss. Um, girl boss is the story of Sofia Morosa, who I oh you to, yeah. yeah, so we talked about before. Yeah. I yeah. did we talk did we talk about her, her show? Uh, apparently, it's really bad as well. The, the... well, it was uh, premiered on April the twenty first, two thousand seven, and was cancelled in June two thousand and seven. Sorry, girl Sad. boss, um, that that's that's not good. Um, and uh, the get down, which I quite liked actually, but cost about a billion pounds. Yeah, that's the thing that people said like. Are we surprised like they cancel the get down and, and pick up the hype house anymore because they have been doing this for years and it's not a new thing that has happened now. It's like Netflix way of going. But now you will say, because I know what you're thinking, man. Yes. Why would they want to like I understand they want to produce new stuff all the time and not as much as creating new seasons, but why would they wanna pick up the hype houses? Everybody seems to despise them already and um, this makes no sense. And this is my second point, um, exactly. So thanks for bringing that up. Yeah, good. <laughs> is that the industry, the entertainment industry, um, is dead? Like we said at the beginning, it's dead. And this, uh, and this reality show proves our point. Um, like, there's, um, that I mean, saying it's that it's kind of dramatic and harsh and, and over the top, but it kind of makes sense because it. It has that meaning that watching stuff for pleasure and and like we what we understand for entertainment, you watch something because you you will think you you think you will enjoy it, but that is over now. So that's why I said it's that because it, um, hate watching has taken over. Oh this. no! That we we don't create new products anymore for people to enjoy it. We create new products for people to hate it, and and they will want to watch this thing because we enjoy hating things and okay yeah yeah sorry go on go on no 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 you you can uh, i am i do you do you hate watch things yes that's what? the thing like, what do you hate watch i would probably hate watch the hype house reality tv show <laughs> <laughs> like I'm, I'm quite sure once the first episode is out i'm gonna hate watch it do you, and, and do you find enjoyment in that this is like it's <laughs> kind of uh, a very specific type of enjoyment, but it's definitely there. It, it like it feels, it makes you feel kind of sup- like this superiority complex. Like you feel better than because you're you're not them, so you feel better. Like oh, my life could be worse. It could be the people on the hype house. Like look at how cringy they are or whatever. So the thing is, why is hate watching like the new thing now? Because. Uh, it doesn't really make sense that you would want people to hate your product. Um, but it brings you crazy amounts of, of audience, like people who, like it's very difficult to have a huge audience about a product that people enjoy. Like you will probably get specific targets of audiences, but it will be smaller circles. But to hate something is so <laughs> universal and it, it's much more different groups that can hate one thing at the same time. You will get a bigger, bigger audience, even though maybe they just want watch the first episode or maybe they just watch a small part of it. You will get this audience. So you don't really care, at least if in this company business thinking, you don't really care you have like 50,000 people continuously watching a show you produced, if you can have on the other hand, a million people watching just a part of your product 
and and even though it's for the wrong reasons because they are watching it because they hate it, but you get a lot of more views um, and and numbers, which is the thing that you basically care about. So as sad as as sad as it is, it kind of makes sense if the mentality we have now is um, numbers because you will definitely get bigger numbers by making things people hate. But wasn't Netflix once like some kind of prestige? It seems a bit bit weird to go from like throwing like millions and millions and millions of dollars at things like, you know, The Crown, which is like obviously very sort of well mm-hmm. filmed and everything and you can sort of smell the money into like going to hate watching. Isn't that going to harm the brand? It is, a but lot. the brand is kind of already harmed and and it already has lost the interest of many people. Like you said at the beginning, your wife was thinking about cancelling it and I was, and I already thought about cancelling many times as well. So your your brand is not doing well anymore because it's difficult to keep being very good at something and eventually you will, I don't know, live like the spotlight. So what are you going to do to survive? And apparently the thing now is hate watching and hate uh, consuming. And you have seen another example of this. Yeah. So if my point wasn't proved enough, another thing happened this week that comes to prove that I am always correct. (laughs) Um, And that is um, that SNL, the longest... Well, I don't know if it's the longest, but I must say... Oh, it's going to be forever, isn't it? Yeah. (laughs) And the longest time um, running TV show, on at least on the States, um, has announced... um, their new host for their next episode on May May 8th. And it's going to be Elon Musk. Or like the vulture, and the side the vulture title, the news, boring guy to host <laughs> SNL. <laughs> See, I, I saw all this, this um, outrage around Elon Musk. Mm-hmm. And I, uh, maybe naively, I didn't know he was so disliked. I mean, I know people He's dislike him. He's a billionaire it. to begin with, and and you already you have to already despise uh, billionaires. But um, he is made. Uh, he's known for making very responsible statements about COVID nineteen, and and he has a huge following. There's lots of people that really admire him, even though there's other people who are reasonable and hate him. Um, you cannot make statements like this because there's people that actually look up to you, and you have to know that you have sort of a responsibility. So that's bad. He also made a very insensitive comment surrounding the transgender community, and most recently he said, and I quote, "A bunch of people will probably die during his Mars." mission thing that he's preparing like he's not a very lovable person to say something like Elon Musk um, just disappeared like with I'm not maybe there's a lot of Elon Musk fans hearing us now and <laughs> not listening to us but I'm I'm not quite the biggest fan and no, I neither, got that. <laughs> no, no neither seems Twitter users to be their biggest fans and even SNL members like SNL cast members also hated this decision. Like um I've seen a, a few of them repost this Bernie Sanders tweet that he made um a few I don't know, a few time ago, um in which he said um, he, well, Bernie Sanders criticized the sharp wealth inequality in the U.S., noting that 50, the 50 wealthiest people in this country own more wealth than 165 million Americans, and he called that a moral obscenity, which is totally. Uh, hang on, what what, what did uh, what did Alan say about this? Did he just not like it? Uh, look, he didn't say anything. Like you already know this. This is who you are. Like he didn't feel called out or anything. Like 
once you are this powerful, you don't really care what people say. But at least people on SNL, on SNL like spoke out against being um, okay with it. But once again, just like Netflix, um, no, knowing that this is what was going to come once they announced um, the reality TV show. So I feel like so does SNL. Like this, this backlash on Twitter, all these articles talking about it, um, even the members, the cast members talking about it. This is exactly what they were looking for, like SNL was looking for. Like they... They have been running on TV for a long time. They need to stay relevant. They're losing audience. It's impossible to keep a very high audience for all these years. So what are you going to do? What seems the trend now? Hate watch. Who's going to hate watch more than Elon Musk? Well, but are they just trolling us? Billionaire? Are they just trolling us, right? Mm-hmm. It's, it's like just being a vast troll, television troll on a massive scale. It's just like saying, you don't like this, but I'm just desperate to get any reaction. It's like flicking someone's ear. You exactly, know? exactly. And And... If I had like American cable TV, I would watch it. I would watch it and be like, this boring guy being here trying to be funny. It's so cringy. I hate it. I hate him. I still wonder what him and Grimes talk about. Like, I I would totally be engaged. NFTs. That's definitely what they talk about. (laughs) They have a child. Well, whatever. But I I, I (laughs) They have NFTs as well. (laughs) Maybe the child could be an NFT. Anyway. Um,. I that it will work. I know this will be one of the most broadcasted or whatever the name is episodes uh, under like maybe year or years. I hate watching will bring you the numbers, and and that's my and that's how I prove my point. So television is dead. It yeah. died a death of uh, the hype house. It died a death of Elon Musk. Yeah, basically. So I feel like we have to... The conclusion is we have to look for new jobs because there's <laughs> there's nothing we can do in this industry. It is dying. I'm, I, I always thought I would be a great librarian. So you have to come up with a backup plan. I already have mine. I would I would also like to be a librarian. Right? <laughs> we should go and do, do a library together. Let's do it. Let's, let's go give out our CVs right after this. <laughs> I'm, almost, I'm always so jealous of them just sitting there in the library. It, yeah. It's nothing. Isn't it? You know, and I, I, you just have to be nice to the people that come in, talk about books. It sounds amazing, I, and I feel like I would do a great job. Wow! Yeah. So <laughs> to to celebrate our our ennui, our level of disgust with all of this, we're going to listen to just a little bit of boredom by the Buzzcocks. Boredom by Buzzcocks, because television is dead. It is. But you know what? I'm going to link this. I'll try and link this effortlessly. (laughs) Uh, TV might be dead, but live gigs are back. Oh, amazing. Then we have nothing to worry about. Exactly, exactly. Maybe the entertainment industry is not dead completely. Just a part of it. So, uh, Jose Gonzalez was in Barcelona this, this week on Monday to do a gig. Are you a fan of Jose Gonzalez? Um, have, if I have to be honest, I I looked him up when I saw that you were okay, making okay. an interview with him. But I did really enjoy him, like his music. It, it's a, a kind of music that I really enjoy. Very calming, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. And he's a he's a, a very calming in person. Actually, I quite oh, I quite liked him. He sort of radiated. He matches uh, his own energy. Yeah, very nice teeth as well. <laughs> um, 
So anyway, he's got an excellent new album coming out in September called Local Valley. Uh, as I said, he played Barcelona on Monday. Uh, oh, there's a new single, Visions, which was out earlier this year. Um, and so, given that he was here, and we haven't had a lot of people coming, and he's got a new album coming out, and he's really good, um, I interviewed him briefly. Now, the main interview, the main uh, half an hour of it, we're going to be keeping till September, when the album mm. was released. But I wanted to uh, give... Give you all just a, a, a little sneak peek. A sneak peek. Um, so uh, this is like three minutes forty-four of, of that interview. Think of all the other things you're going to get in the exclusive other exclusive ex- minutes. Exactly. Um, so I started off by asking Jose, we, uh, what, uh, how it felt to be playing live after all of this time. Yeah, I mean, it, it feels weird. I've been uh, sort of dreaming about the first time I'll play. Uh, after or during pandemic times and and it feels weird to travel and and to uh, be in in a city which was basically a ghost town <laughs> yesterday night when we arrived uh so it feels weird but but nice to to slowly get back to normality and without without it feeling normal but, but just being able to play songs again for people and again we talked briefly about this but what was the last gig that you did I mean, it was probably uh, 2019, and uh, I can't remember exactly, maybe November. But then um, I had uh, big tours lined up in 2020, and we canceled all, all of them. Uh, but then Sweden opened up for small shows for uh, 50 people, as long as they were seated down and eating. <laughs> so I did uh, uh, four of those uh, small shows uh, during summer. With people eating? Yeah, that was uh, the rule. Um, they didn't want people sort of uh, singing, dancing. So, so the, yeah, that was uh, the rules. <laughs> Talking of, of the pandemic, um, you've got an excellent new album coming out in um, September, Local Valley. Um, and uh, the second single from that uh, is, is Visions. And you said um, that the lyrics... Uh, for that song came to you in February 2020, which is obviously right at the start of of the pandemic, and they felt very timely. Could you explain that? Yeah, so I guess um, I, I didn't know that much about the uh, coming pandemic, but I, I did I did follow a couple of persons on Twitter that were starting to, to uh, mention this. Um, so the way it felt timely was that the, the theme of the song is... Uh, dedicated to humanity and, and to think about our past and present to, to try to shape our future, envision a, a future where we can flourish. <laughs> um, and uh, inspired by effective altruism movement that, that uh, deals with these sort of uh, catastrophic risks, uh, it, it, it felt like the ideas behind the song were, were tied to, to things like pandemics. Um, so even though I wrote the lyrics in Early February, the the as as soon as we started to hear more about the pandemic, and especially in March, uh, then then it felt like a song that was uh, suited for for this type of uh, global experiences. And was it hard for you to make music in these kind of circumstances, knowing that you're probably not going to be playing it to anyone for a while, you're probably not going to be touring for a while? Uh, not really. It, 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 it actually helped. Uh, what, what I usually need to, to write is just to have many weeks in a row without any 
uh, interruptions. And so the pandemic was great for that. I, I had time to hang out, hang out with my family and then just focus on the guitar and vocals. So, uh, so even though the uh, most of the music was already done by March, uh, I had a couple of more months to 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 just refine the the guitar and uh, especially uh, Schumme and uh, Vaje Local uh, and Visions were the three songs that I had. All of a sudden, I had lots of time to <laughs> to polish them. Jose Gonzalez. I loved his voice. I love that there's birds on this song. I feel so calm for some reason now. Everything about him exuded calm. Yes. I really, really liked it. It was one of those things where, um, you know, sometimes putting together uh, interviews can be quite quite stressful. You know, okay, I've got to be there at this, at this time. And I've got to get all my recording equipment together. And, you know, because he, he's pretty well, pretty well known. So I was like, just a, a little bit stressful. Mm-hmm. For various sort of reasons, and I just sort of got got up, got up there, and he was there, and he was like yeah. so utterly calm, which I which I really liked. Just by listening to to the interview, I I feel I don't feel hyped house anymore. <laughs> I feel very calm. I know it, it is a bit of a swift reverse turn, isn't it, from the hype the hype house? Very needed. Uh, I liked it. Just to be very clear, Jose Gonzalez has nothing to do with television <laughs> dying. Um, and he said nothing to do with the death of entertainment. But it's just, I did the interview this week. He was playing this week. Uh, I really want to play play some of it. And this is a, a, a lovely song. So that, that's why we got it in there. But like, you'll, ha- you'll just have to wait till September if you want more. Damn it. Now I will not enjoy my summer just <laughs> waiting for September. <laughs> there goes Hot Girl Summer. Yeah, there it goes. But it was interesting. Okay, we'll so, uh, album of the week. Album of the week. Album of the week. Let's go. Um, again, yet another very dramatic uh, left-hand turn on this one. Not as not as dramatic as coming from the hype house to Jose Gonzalez. Yeah, I know, I know, <laughs> I know. I, I'm wondering if if we could have plotted that slightly better. But it's by Rochelle Jordan, and it is called uh, "Play with the Changes." Um, Rochelle was born in London to British Jamaican parents and her family relocated to the east side of Toronto in uh, the early 90s. And I think one of the reasons that I really enjoy this album is you you really get sort of that mixture, I think. You get like a sort of uh, Canadian R&B vibe, kind of a little bit Drake-ish, mixed with those vague UK influences. and in particular, apparently her 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 brother, she's got an older brother, and he came back from London with a load of like UK garage and jungle records, and he used to play them. And she used to listen through uh, listen through the wall of of her bedroom, and she'd sort of come through, and that that's it, all influence there. Look at that! I love these stories. Like her brother was living in somewhere, and he came, and then he influenced her. I love to know this kind of gossipy stuff. <laughs> I really enjoyed her. Yeah, what did you make of the album, Tom? I, it's like, to me, I I didn't hear all these influences because I'm not as knowledgeable on music, but I... Uh, uh, boring is, <laughs> I think, the word you're, you're looking for. 
Um, but I I felt like this strong R&B um, essence on her and and for some reason I repeat I'm not very knowledgeable on, on music I felt like it was kind of um, old R&B like not old like maybe 80s or 90s like it had this um, now I don't have any reference to compare her to but do you mean like Janet Jackson kind of thing or no, TLC no like I don't know, but she had this sound like. Did the Destiny's Childs when they went separate? One of them is R and B, very R and B, or maybe I'm just comparing yeah, them. Yeah, yeah, uh, kind kind of like them, like nineties R and B. Am I wrong? No, <laughs> no, no, maybe the, I just the, said something very stupid. The, but I had the yeah, I had this feeling like I could imagine her in. A, in a video clip of something a little bit more 90s or 80s. No, I got that as well. Like the songs like Broken Steel and uh, Count It, which are which are very sort of uh, quite 90s R&B, where she slows it down. Uh, this is kind of towards the, the middle of the album, and she slows it down, and it does sound maybe not retro, but just like with that with mm-hmm, that slight exactly. uh, slight sound. And the 90. 90- are the 90s still cool? Or have I passed that? Have we passed yes, that? they are. I'm, you're making me loud now. I think they are. I want them to be. Well, I want them to be because that, that was very much my time. Like I could oh, see yes. some retro fashion. But if I we say they're cool, they're cool. Are you sure they haven't moved on to the 2000s? Oh, no, the 2000s are really cool now. But it doesn't take away from the 90s. <laughs> the 2000s are cool. The 2000s were rubbish. It was all about 90s. Let's not talk about that because the 2000s were everything, but yeah, the 90s were cool. What do you mean the, two, the 2000s were everything? The 2000s has made the culture we have yeah, now. You, you, you were barely alive in the 2000s. Yeah, uh, imagine about? in the 90s and I can still appreciate it. The 2000s is the best culture. What's good about the 2000s? The, everything, the music we got um, and uh, I don't know, the energy. We oh. had Paris and Lindsay and yeah, I'll, and Britney partying every day, and that was the energy. <laughs> all right, all right, I'll I'll, I'll go back. <laughs> I've got nothing against the two two thousand. It seemed like you did. Yeah, maybe I do actually. <laughs> um, yeah, we're, we're getting a bit uh, we're get, get off the rush. Yeah. Okay, so so the reason I have invented. Uh, a new genre. Well, I haven't invented. You? She, no, sorry, she's invented a new genre, but I've coined the new genre, okay. and this is something I've always wanted to do. Right? Yes. I've always wanted to invent my own. A coin uh, award. Yeah, a musical genre, um, because I, a friend of mine yeah. one, once did it, and it actually took off vaguely. I I really envy him. Like I now have this purpose in life to coin a term or something. Okay, go go on. Uh, have you heard of micro house? No. Is this the term? Uh, that is, yeah. Uh, uh, Philip Sherman, who's, who's a friend of mine. Um, oh, so that's not yours. No, 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 that's okay. not mine. That's okay. that, that's not mine. Uh, oh. Yes, I have heard about Microhouse. <laughs> you have heard of it? Oh. Yeah. Well, now it's not, not before. <laughs> Apparently, he, he came up with it, writing in the Wire magazine 2001, your favourite decade. Actually, Microhouse is very 2000s. You should love it. I I will check it out. For some reason, people aren't reviving Pearl on records in the same way they're reviving like Backstreet Boys. No. Who's yeah. I can't think of anything. Yeah, the Backstreet Boys are pretty 2000s. Okay. Uh, um, any, oh, God, I'm getting distracted. Anyway, right, so this... <laughs> yes, is, what's your word? <laughs> my, my genre is siblings' music through a bedroom wall soul. 
Yeah. I love it. It's much better than micro house. Yeah, forget you, Sherman. Micro house is dead. <laughs> <laughs> Sibling genre through a bedroom or soul on play is. And is it seems very specific to this album, but I feel like it can actually be a genre. I I'm totally in with this um, new term that you came up with. Now you see, I know what you're thinking, right? I know you're thinking like, yeah, okay, she did hear this music through her sibling's wall, but is that enough for a genre? But it's more than that. It's not just that. It sounds a little bit muffled, like it was heard through the wall. I love this idea. I I want you to actually write an article and and put that in because if it's not true, it sounds amazing anyway. So we don't care. Do you know, I regularly try to write articles and put something like that in and it's always taken out of the last minute. Because I just think I'm... I'm... <laughs> no, don't do it. I, I encourage you to leave it in this time. So this is the reason I really, really like some of this. I'm like, Love You Good, which is the opening track. I mean, for a start, like, Jungle, Broken Beat, UK Garage, UK Funky. These are very much my things, okay? Mm-hmm. Um, and I also really love R&B. So putting the two together, I'm entirely... Uh, entirely in it there for basically um and i think it creates a really really interesting really interesting musical mix that like not everyone could have done it reminded me a little bit of of kalela who also did a sort of thing but kelly's maybe a little bit more like upfront and a bit more maybe not frantic but a bit more well less muffled a bit more mm-hmm. clear you know whereas i love the sort of muffledness on this like it was kind of like you even the beats are going quite fast like something like dancing elephants it still felt like you could you know, relax with it on the sofa, which true, was which true. was um, absolutely delicious. And also, she had um, I, I was reading about her, and she had a really uh, interesting background as well. That basically, um, in her she, her debut album was back in two thousand and fourteen, and she signed a management deal with quote quite a known person in the industry. She doesn't say who, and then it all became really really toxic. <gasps> and that is the kind of thing that makes a lot of people like give up on on music. And I can totally understand why. And she didn't. She came back. Albeit many, good many, for her. Exactly. Good for her. Because it's a, a, a story that I have heard way too many times that you get signed with a major label or a major person in the industry and it ends up playing against you, which seems like the, the thing that you wanted the most, which is signing with someone big, ends up being something bad for you, which it sounds stupid, but it has happened many times. And through precisely no fault of your own as well. Exactly. Which is uh, pretty sickening. But shall we have a shall we have a quick listen? Please. Hang on, hang on. Hang on. Before we do, what are we going to give this out of 10? Oh, um, a brother-sister love out of 10. Wow. Uh, uh, like, not, not in a weird way. Like. <laughs> no, I didn't take it in a weird <laughs> you way. Said, wow. <laughs> like, that's bad. No. <laughs> An incest out of 10. <laughs> what, a, what a low mark that would be. <laughs> if there's a worse album than that, I don't know what it is. No, but fraternal love. That's yeah. good. In, in, yeah, okay. Um, when do you even? I can give it a, a bedroom wall out of 10. <laughs> good. All right, this is Rochelle Jordan with Gotham. Michelle Jordan uh, with Gotham from her excellent uh, new album, Play With The Changes. Um, it's out tomorrow. 
is out tomorrow. So normally we... we, we so today for the people that... No, 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 tomorrow for... Oh. for don't spoil the, the oh magic. Oh my God, I'm sorry. Oh um, my. It's... Uh, yeah, I spoiled it. I, I cannot take it back. Yeah, tomorrow. Woohoo! Friday. <laughs> <laughs> Friday, which is definitely tomorrow, tomorrow. And definitely not in two days. That is when it is out. Go go and listen to it because it's, it's really good. And, and if you are going to be talking about this album, please, please, please use uh, hashtag... Siblings music through a bedroom wall soul, and I'll be so happy. Please do. Like, yeah. Have you seen Mean Girls when Gretchen is trying to make the word fetch happen? I feel like. Well, that's a reference for people who have seen Mean Girls. I, I think I haven't, and like, someone was disgusted that I hadn't seen it. I think Johan was disgusted. Um, it is quite disgusting. <laughs> fe- the word fetch exists. No, it's a word made up by Tina Fey, and, and, and she's. There's this girl trying to make this world like. Fetch being like amazing, cool, blah, blah, blah. And one of them says to Gretchen, like, stop trying to make, make Fetch happen. It's not going to happen. But maybe bedroom through the wall, brother, <laughs> sister, love. <laughs> it is going to happen. Hey, brother, sister, love's your thing. <laughs> That's, uh, I'm not, not going any, any, anywhere near that. So I wanted to talk uh, about AI and music. Okay. Um, because this is this is something I, I find endlessly fascinating. Okay, that basically over the last couple of years there have been various new attempts at ways in which you use artificial intelligence mm-hmm. to make music. Probably Elon Musk is really into this, but don't, don't probably yeah don't don't, <laughs> it sounds like... don't blame him for this. And the reason I was thinking about it this week was basically um, the, a company has produced something called the Endless Acid Banger. Mm, I want to know more about this. Uh, so you know, do you know what acid house music is, or am I, I, I talking to your your granddad again? Yes, I think I, I, at least it, I, I don't. Well, it's kind a of question mark. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Let let let's say well, basically it's a kind of dance music which has like yeah, you okay. know like um, a lot of three or threes, tweaky, very mm-hmm. psychedelic kind of bits that was like big a couple of years ago, uh, a couple of years ago, a couple of decades ago, <laughs> excuse me. And basically they 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 used AI to make this endless acid banger basically like the ai what it does is it it kind of um auto fills a sequencer so i'm reading uh using a random uh a randomized algorithm the endless acid banger auto fills a sequencer with notes and four drum tracks that evolve and change over time as parameters are slowly tweaked and tracks are muted and unmuted and you can use this thing in your browser and you can just make music that never ever ever so it's ends. like one song that never ends I think song might be pressing. Well, yeah, kind of a track or a banger that never ends. Yeah, if you want, if you want, you can go and keep playing. And you can play around with it as well. It's quite good fun. We could get kind of philosophical, like this song never ends, just like life. Well, but I will t- try it if it's the word to apply here. Play I, with it. I'm not sure if this is like the opposite of uh, TV dying. It's not TV, but you know what I mean. Or if this is the the very embodiment of it, it's like we've got like more more entertainment that we could ever need. That this is literally never yeah. going to end. It's going to go on changing. You can play with it. But is that a good thing or a bad thing? Yeah, when you get so much of something, it feels like there's nothing. Like the circle goes, uh, like it uh, eats himself. So maybe it, it is the death of of acid house music because there's it's endless, so it's pointless. I don't know. I'm getting no, I, existential I know it, now. It's endless, so it's pointless. <laughs> well, it, it is. It is kind of the way because, like, uh, when Acid House first came out, you'd buy on records, mm-hmm. and so you'd have to pay. 
I, I don't know, like six euros or something for a record with some of this on. And now you've literally got all the Acid House you could ever take for free in, in your browser. And if I made Acid House music, which I don't, but like a lot of people still do, I don't know what, how, how I'd think about this. It doesn't take out your creativity, but it's something to think about for sure. Like there has to be something that plays against you, but now I cannot quite point out what could it be. But it is something interesting that it just keeps on playing and playing and playing and playing. Are you a fan of Nirvana? Yeah. Why because not? <laughs> how do you feel about Nirvana made by uh, artificial intelligence? Um, that is an interesting topic because um, maybe we have, we already have Nirvana. That, no, it's impossible because it was not around. But yes, I don't know what, how I would feel about it. Because they've done it. They have recently uh, released a song uh, called Drowned in the Sun. Uh, which is made using AI technology, as well as the singer from a Nirvana tribute band. And is that allowed? What is that allowed? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, what they well that that's an interesting interesting thing because mm. basically it doesn't copy any Nirvana song specifically, but it sort of does copy every single Nirvana song. Basically, what they did is they used Google Magenta um, to analyze thirty Nirvana songs, and then spit out pieces of music which humans then went through to find the best bits to make mm. it distinctly Nirvana. So, is it allowed? Should it be allowed? Um, if you put it out on the internet as a Nirvana song, like you market it as a new Nirvana song, I think it shouldn't. But if you make it like, oh, I'm a tribute band, and I kind of made this, but uh, with a lot of help from robots, then <laughs> maybe it's okay. I don't. I'm not sure... But uh, I always wondered when we have like these artists that die very young or like um, Pop Smoke recently and Mac Miller a couple of years ago and stuff. And they all have these posthumous albums, which and Lil Peep, Lil Peep is, has been putting out music like for years and he's been dead for years. So I feel like how much material did they actually have recorded? And how much material is actually made up by the company or whoever runs their their stuff once they pass away? So maybe th we have lots of I A AI um, music without even knowing because they just sell it as posthumous work. I think with uh, certain posthumous rappers, I won't I won't I won't say who, but they have literally resorted to like answer phone messages and stuff. You know, I'll get an answer for a message, stick it on a beat, and that's your unreleased track by X. I'm not going to say who. Is it? Well, I'm not going to say it. I think I know who it is. Uh, I should say, it's interesting you talk, you mentioned that about like uh, artists who die young, because this is all part of a project, Lost Tapes of the 27 Club. I mean, the, the Nirvana song. Uh, aiming to raise awareness of mental health in the music industry um, because of, uh, the, obviously, there's various artists that died at the age of uh, 27. So the so idea is... Is it like a threat? Like, if you die, we're going to make music without your consent. <laughs> so it might be. Don't like... do drugs because we're going to make fake music and we will say you made it. I I hadn't thought of it, but that's quite good, isn't it? That's quite good. I, like, I would know. stay away from drugs if they said, we're going to put out work and say it was yours and it will be very bad and, and people will hate you and you will be dead and you won't be able to say it's not yours. I would be so totally intimidated by AI <laughs> spitting out something I did because I'd just... I would just 
I think actually if it did that, I wouldn't be able to do anything else ever. Because, you know, can you imagine that? Like AI spits out a song, like the next day you sit down to write a song, I don't know, like you strum the acoustic guitar and you're like, oh God, no, I always do that. I always do that. Like an AI, I'm so predictable. And uh, you couldn't do any more. Oh, or the, the AI makes so much better songs than yours. So you feel like, okay, my talent is actually not that good. So um, I will leave the robot make the, the all the job because I can't do it anymore. Do you want to know even worse news? Mm, yes. AI has now worked out how to make cat pictures. No! <laughs> the worst thing that could happen. I was very scared that this would, could happen, and, and it is here. There is a page called This Cat Does Not Exist, and uh, it generates pictures of, of cats, and they just look totally real. And they do not exist. They do not exist. No, they have been generated by algorithm. That's the saddest thing. I want every cat to exist. <laughs> well, they look really cute. You can imagine, you know, hanging out with these cats. Oh. Yeah. But however, they do not exist. So you you feel like this their life is is worthless because they don't exist. I'm I don't want to look at this page. I I have been looking at it and I've been I've been feeling quite quite bad about it. It uses a generative adversarial network apparently to to create these pictures. I've heard about this um but with people like this person does not exist and they just mix lots of faces and i wonder like maybe you see some that actually looks a lot of someone that does exist because if you mix lots of images of people on the internet and a face comes out it's most likely someone looks very similar to whatever comes out well i mean it must look like someone i mean there's seven billion people in the world right so you know but they it does not like the person does not exist but probably there's someone that looks really similar well can you imagine the crisis you would have if you went to this person does not exist dot com and found a picture that looked just like you i would kill myself <laughs> instantly <laughs> I'd be like okay i'm on the show with truman bye it's been uh, fun and do you know what we would then do We'd feed all your stuff into AI. <laughs> <laughs> we would keep on the, the show going with just a random Exactly, robot. we'd just pr- press a button. <laughs> I would not be opposed, so I, I you can do it. Oh, that's a legally binding contract. <laughs> all right, well, we're going we're gonna to play out uh, today with this new Nirvana. I'm, oh I'm doing uh, air marks, uh, air quote marks around all of this. Uh, you can find it on YouTube. It's all in a uh, very good, uh, good cause, good cause, all for kind of charity. This is uh, Nirvana with uh, <laughs> air marks uh, with Drowned in the Sun. Uh, we'll see you next week. <laughs>